on this episode of Why Watch That. Well, another family moves in. The ghost almost gets it. The family moves in, disturbs the ghost. And this is a family with a mother and children. Wait, so the family disturbs, scares the ghost. Yes. <laughs> now, the, the family does not know that there's a ghost in this house. His name is Adrian Toombs, and he's played by Birdman, Batman. Oh, no, Michael Keaton. Oh, there you go. There you go. Is this the same junkyard from the gal- uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy? Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome to Why Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. A Why Watch That sneak peek. Well, the critic had a chance to see a sneak peek. (laughs) Talk about the sneak peek. We're talking Sundance sneak peek of the new movie, A Ghost Story, which comes out this Friday. Now, the director is David Lowry, and he also wrote it. But starring, this is the first movie we've seen since Casey Affleck's post-Oscar win, right? Am I correct? Yeah. And he plays C, and Rooney Mara plays M. Those are really the two big heavyweights in this movie. The question is, do we go to the movies to see a ghost story, or should we wait or not? Wow. That is a loaded question for this one, so let's... I had a feeling. Yeah. (laughs) Let's tiptoe through the tulips, as they say on this one, with the plot, and then we'll get Uh there. All right. There is a married couple, played by Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara, C&M. C is a musician. Uh, he's struggling. And in the house, there is a noise going on. Hmm. Right. Something is there, but they can't find it. What is this? There's even like a little sighting almost of it. I'll say it that Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. Now, a tragedy happens. And C dies. After he dies... We cut to the morgue, and there's a body under a sheet. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Now look, this body then shoots up, sits up straight. Whoa, 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 whoa. And what color is the sheet? What do you think? It's a white sheet with holes cut out eyes. Okay, it's a ghost. Oh, boy. Does the ghost know that he or she is a ghost? Right? Is the ghost aware of what's going on? The ghost walks through, you know? It's like, where am I? I don't know. The ghost walks to the house of C&M. M is still there. In grief, in mourning. The ghost doesn't speak and can't interact with M. So is can, the ghost... You said cannot interact cannot, with M? Cannot oh. interact with M. Has no way to reach out. We assume that this is C, Right? 
So, the ghost is watching M live her life. Literally. There's a scene where M just eats a pie. The whole thing we see. And the ghost just stands there. And the ghost just floats around following M. Okay? Now, M at some point has to move out of this home. It's too much. Of course, her husband died. Tragic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She leaves behind a little note. We don't know what's on it. And she stuffs the note into the wood paneling of, like, the, the opening of one of the rooms. Stuffs it in there. So the ghost now wants to get to that sheet. What's on there? The ghost scratches, 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 tries to get to it. Well, another family moves in. The ghost almost gets it. The family moves in, disturbs the ghost. And this is a family with a mother and children. Wait, so the family disturbs, scares the ghost. Yes. <laughs> now, the, the family does not know that there's a ghost in this house. The ghost, it seems, becomes increasingly annoyed by this family. Now, we don't see this. We just see it in action. The ghost figures out how to move into the physical world, how to manipulate objects. Okay? So we know what happens to this family if the ghost doesn't want them in the house. So this family gets scared away. The ghost is again alone in the house, goes back to try to get that cheat. <laughs> well, it's a house. People sell homes. More people move in and they have a little party. And at this party, they start talking about philosophy and life and death and all of this. And then the movie starts to become clearer what the point is. Now, after this moment, we then see how the ghost spends time. Literally goes to the future, to the past. And we come back to, in some way, everybody, the start of the film. We figure out the source of this noise. Okay. And it's all together. There's one big circle. We have a 360 degree view of life. Mm-hmm. That's a ghost scarring. Okay. Now I've made this very exciting in my plot. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It is not as exciting as I made it for most of the film. So of course now we're in the review. This runtime is an hour 27 minutes. Okay. For a good 45 minutes, at least. It's like watching paint dry. For most of us. Now, if you are an art house, diehard film fan, this is going to be the stuff of manna from heaven for you. The the pacing is very slow. You're going to be thinking about, oh, what do they mean? Oh, this is grief and action. Okay, we're, we're taking the time to display that. For the average moviegoer, however you're probably going to have your patience tried. Now, once we get to this family with the kids, things start to perk up. Then we get that whole philosophical discussion at this party with people taking drugs. Okay. Then we see the ghosts go through time. So it then starts to cascade into something more exciting by the end. So the question is going to be for all of us, do you have the patience to wait until the cascade begins. And is that cascade going to be enough to make the first 45 minutes worth it? I'll tell you, for me, kind of is my answer. I didn't, I was kind of frustrated in the beginning. I did not want to see Rooney Mara eat a pie. 
or really scarf it down, but she did, or whatever it was, a quiche, I don't know what it was, but she did that. But by the end, I was interested. I did enjoy some of the ideas and the way that David Lowry had them play out. Uh, so it's a mixed bag here. Uh, he he does interesting things even with the aspect ratio. It's not quite what we're used to seeing right now in movies. So again, if you're an art house buff or something close, or you want something that's a bit strange, you don't quite know where it's going, it's slow in parts, then yes, you can see this in a movie theater, especially just to see how people react. How many people are gonna walk out? Like that would be my question. Outside of that, you certainly don't need to go to the movie theater to see it. You could watch this at home and probably have a comparable experience. Plus, you'd have access to a fast-forward button. So, you know, that's what you'd have to think about here, everybody. It's not even about performances or anything like that. It really is about David Lowry presenting this idea, this concept. And how we receive that will be how we receive the movie. Gotcha. All right, so uh, Ghost Story opens July seventh. Gosh, that's Spider Man Day too. So you really have a you have a big decision to make. The critic says if you go, love the art house, be an art house buff. But if not, maybe you could stay at home. We'll let you make that decision. Did you know? Part one. Critic. Oh, I know what that means. Yes, you know what I mean. It's time for a Did You Know? <laughs> so, now listen carefully, because I'm going to throw a lot at you. No. This American artist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has been nominated for a SAG Award, Screen Actors Guild Award. Mm-hmm. Twice. He's also been nominated for a Pulitzer Prize for drama. Hmm. He's won a Pulitzer Prize. Oh, 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 oh. And has also won a Tony Award for performance and another Tony Award for best play. Mm. I know now who you, this is. You probably know who this is. I will drop another hint just for our listeners. He is an actor for television, film, and the stage. Mm. Who is this birthday boy? <laughs> <laughs> This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part two. Okay. All right, we're back. Here we go. Now, for the listeners and for my edification, 
is this a star actor or just like a, a really well-known working actor? This is a well-known working actor who often employs star actors. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> One of the biggest stars of our times. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. It has to be Tracy Letts. Yes! Yeah. So <laughs> you're talking about August Osage County. Now listen, August Osage County, he not only uh, won for a Tony as, as a writer, as a playwright, he also won the Pulitzer. He also won a Tony Award for his acting yeah. for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and mm. was nominated two years in a row um, a SAG Award for his ensemble work in Homeland. Yes. <laughs> Talk about a great, wonderful actor, uh, writer, overall artist. So, And that's so rare, that combination that someone's yeah, really good at acting and writing at the same time. Wow. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Tracy Letts. Happy birthday. Back to Why Watch That. Another Why Watch That sneak peek. Well, we have a sneak peek of probably one of the most anticipated films of this year. And yes, we're talking about the latest Marvel installment, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh my goodness. But unfortunately, the referee didn't get a chance to see it. <laughs> Fortunately, the critic did get a chance to see it. And we are going to bring it fresh off the press for its July 7th release. We'll get you prepared for that. Now, the director is John Watts. But I want you to hold on to your screenwriting hat. Because we have... <laughs> A gambit of people. It may be you, listener, who wrote it. I don't know. <laughs> we have Jonathan Goldstein, John Francis Daly, John Watts, Christopher Ford, Chris McKenna, uh, Eric Summers, wow. who are all credited as screenwriters. And the story is by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. Wow. That's a lot happening. Yes. The cast is just as sturdy as the screenwriters, apparently. We've got, of course, Tom Holland playing the title character, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Not Batman, not Birdman, but he's playing in Spider-Man, not as Spider-Man. No. Get all that. Robert Downey Jr., Marissa Torme, yes. John Favreau, Gwyneth Paltrow, Zendaya, Donald Glover. I mean, it goes on and on. Even Time Daly is in there, so you should just have to... You just have to hold on to your actor, screenwriter, Marvel hat. Because the critic is going to give us his take on Spider-Man Homecoming. What are we going to do? Pay or not? Wow. I think that stands as a review. <laughs> Good <laughs> gracious. I looked at the list and I was like, golly. Wow. How many guys does it take to screw a light bulb kind of thing? But, you know. Yes. Uh, now, everybody remember that recently, we're not even going back to the 70s, okay, where it all started in film for Spider-Man. We had Tobey Maguire playing Spider-Man in 2002, bringing him back, the character back to the screen. We then had Andrew Garfield rebooting it. Now we have a second reboot yeah. with Tom Holland. So the question is, and I'll get to this after I give you the plot, the question is... Do we need another reboot now? 
this Spider-Man everybody Wait, remembers. Do uh-huh. we need or does Marvel need? That's no. two different questions. Well, we know. We know the answer to that one. No. <laughs> so what happens is this, everybody. We are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we have continuities galore. We know that Tom Holland was introduced to Spider-Man in the last uh, Captain America movie. So this takes place after that. Spider-Man is Spider-Man. He has already, you know, been in fights. He's already experienced being with the Avengers. He's very excited by that. Tony Stark takes him under his wing. We know this. So this is not a reboot where we see Spider-Man become Spider-Man. Mm. Mm-hmm. Smart. There we go. Now, the villain. We start in the movie. We see a character who owns a, a you know, a junkyard company, a salvage company. Uh, <laughs> his name is Adrian Toomes, and he's played by Birdman, Batman. Oh no, Michael Keaton. Oh, there you go. There you go. Is this the same junkyard from the Gallant? Uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> no, this is. <laughs> oh, why not? This is on Earth. No, okay. that's the <laughs> But so what's happening is because of these fights with the Avengers, there's alien technology available. So he and his team—they're getting their hands on this stuff, okay? And um, Boking Woodbine is on this team, by the way, as well. Now. They are stopped by Stark Industries. That's where Time Daly comes in. She comes in. She's ahead of some group. U.S. Department of Damage Control. Okay. She says, stop. You know, this is not yours. So they, they are supposed to surrender all of this tech to this department. But they don't. They uh, There's something they don't return. And they use that to turn it into weapons that they can sell and make money. So we have alien technology on the loose with criminals. Now, Adrian Toomes creates his own kind of thing, and he becomes Vulture. So that's the villain. Now, that's Michael Keaton. That's Michael Keaton. Yeah. Now, Spider-Man, of course, is going to high school, and this time he actually is of high school age. We know Andrew Garfield was in college. We know Tobey Maguire pretended to be in high school, and no one (laughs) bought it. Now, so he's of high school age, or close, and he's in high school, and of course he has a love interest who he's kind of shy about. Her name is Liz. He has a best friend, of course, who's tech savvy, and f- finds out that he's Spider-Man. We see that happen. How does that play out? They're they're all on the debate team, and there's a shadowy figure on this debate debate team played by Zendaya. So, now, they didn't hire her for nothing. So, when you're watching this, keep that in mind. Zendaya's here for a reason. She ain't going away. Okay? Now, we know that they all come into particular harm and all of that with Vulture. We can see that coming. Now, Tony Stark is mentoring Spider-Man. He gives Spider-Man a specific Spider-Man suit. And this is a souped-up Iron Man-like Spider-Man suit. So you have to watch the movie to see what that means. And we see how Spider-Man, Peter Parker, has to deal with all of that. Okay? Does he take Tony Stark's uh, advice to heart or not? He is a kid. He's excitable. He likes to crack his jokes and not listen. And we also, of course, have Aunt May, played by Marissa Tomei. Okay? So we see how all of that fits in. All right. 
So by the end, everybody, we know he has to face the villain. We know that he wins. The question is, what is left over after that? Does he get the girl? Does he keep his friends? Does everyone keep their heads on their bodies? That's Spider-Man Homecoming plot-wise. Now, well, there mm-hmm. are some, um, if you're a bystander, if you do look through that list of actors, there's some major actors if you go towards the bottom of the list. Yeah. So can you confirm that there's some, le- There's they're trying to get you from one Spider-Man to the next, or maybe into the next Avenger movie? Um... So here you're talking about at the end of the movie those extra scenes, right? I'm talking about there's a Jennifer Connelly who's listed. <laughs> yeah, well, well, she's the voice of the suit. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that's what's going on there. But since you mentioned this, and I'm thinking this way, because the question is, do you need to stay for the credits for any Marvel movie? There you go. If you stay, they're going to give you two separate scenes. I'm not going to tell you how useful they are. Oh. Aha. One of them might be useful. One of them might be a gag. Okay, that's all I got to say. Uh-oh. Now, cast-wise, Tom Holland, let's just start at the top. He is a credible Spider-Man if this is the take they're going to have. Young, whip-smart, runs his mouth, insecure at the right times, all of that. You buy him as that. It's a very classic take on Spider-Man. Fine. We know Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Whatever. Fine. Got it. Michael Keaton. Let's pause right here. The villain, everybody. So now we're into the why. The big part of any comic book movie that sells it is the villain. That's really the thing. It's not necessarily the hero. This villain, as presented, and it's not Michael Keaton's fault, did not scare me. I didn't feel ever that anything was in danger. And I do have to say that the ending fight was lackluster. So, that's a caution there. Michael Keaton did what he could do. It's just this character, as presented, didn't bring enough spice, in my opinion. Well, they had 18 writers, so... I don't know what happened. And that's why I said your opening is essentially a review. Because if I go, I'm not going to go through all these performances. Everyone shows up and is professional. They do their jobs. The question is on the page. Is there enough for us to say, yes, I need to go through a reboot? Or is this just, well, we have a new Superman that, I'm sorry, Spider-Man. Sorry. A new Spider-Man that's in the Avengers that's going to work with, uh, Captain America and all of them and so now we can just have a standalone movie that's the tension here I think that my the best time I had was watching Spider-Man deal with his suit I enjoyed that uh, now where I went to see at the screening they did have fans there so it was nice to hear that reaction so if you're a fan of Spider-Man and you're probably of millennial age I'll say that or even younger this is going to click more with you. A lot, it's rapid fire jokes. A lot of the jokes are referential, meaning it references other stuff you know about Marvel. So if you're a Marvel head, it's a lot of stuff in there for you. If you're not, I'm not quite sure you're going to get all of it. And for me, all the jokes, they were kind of obvious until the very end in the bathroom. That's all I have to say. That was, that was good stuff. So 
if you're a Marvel head, you're a Spider-Man fan, huge fan, and you're of millennial age, this is going to work really well for you. I think you're really going to enjoy it. If you're not there, you can go with someone like that and just react to them reacting. Or I don't necessarily think you need to go to the theater. This reboot on its own isn't enough by itself. It's held up by everything else that Marvel is doing. I think it's too long. They certainly could have edited it. And what I'll say is this to end it. They started Doctor Strange last year. Right? Doctor Strange is about 17 minutes shorter. And in watching Doctor Strange, everything counts. The cast is strong. The writing is smart. Wonderful introduction. Here, it's in fits and starts. There's a lot of fat that we could trim here. Uh, so there's it's a mixed bag. I didn't mind the love relationship stuff. I thought that was okay. The whole bullying thing to me, whatever. Again, the special effects, it depends on the moment. The villain to me is the big thing that they let us down on. Uh, again, not Michael Keaton's fault. So there you go. So if you're eager to see this, why not see it in the theater? If not, if you're not eager, you certainly can wait and you won't be uh, sorry. Well, you can catch Spider-Man Homecoming July 7th. Yes, this Friday. If you want to see it in the theater, bring a millennial with you, says the critic. <laughs> and now, the pick of the week. Well, the ref, oh yes, she has a pick of the week for us. Finally. And, you know what, I think she's stomping on the critic's territory. What's going on here? Because the critic has said, everybody, watch Younger. Well, guess what? The ref is now joining the chorus, and she's saying pick of the week is Younger. It has just returned for season four. It stars Sutton Foster, Debbie Mazar, Miriam Shore, Nico Tortorella, Hilary Duff, and others. It is created by Darren Starr, yes, of Sex and the City fame. And it's based on the book by Pamela Redman, Satran. So tell us, Ref, about your journey to watching Younger and why this is your pick of the week. Well, you did say that season four has started, and it's we're only a week in as of taping. Yeah. So you can totally catch up, binge watch, which is exactly what I did. I was oh. looking for some, I was watching heavy things, and I was looking for something light, and I saw on Hulu, yes, Hulu, you can watch Younger, and it's only 21 minutes of your time. So I thought, why not? I tried the first one. It's, okay. it's cool. It's great. By the time you get to the end of season one, You've already been hooked if you've liked Sex in the City. It really is about a woman who decides at 40, freshly divorced, that she wants to go back to work. And she goes back as a 26-year-old because she can't get hired. She can't get hired by anyone because of her age and inexperience. And she convinces people, or her best friend and her, convince people that she's 26 years old, gets hired on as an assistant for a woman who's sort of like the Devil Wears Prada woman boss. Yes. At a major publishing company. And you follow her journey living the life as a 40-year-old woman in a 26-year-old world. And she falls in love with a 26-year-old. She has flings with or flirts with her 40-year-old boss who she completely um, vibes and connects with. And she's also dealing with the fact that her ex-husband's still in the picture sometimes. And she's got, yes, a 19-year-old daughter. All of that to say, if you 
want something. If you want to take a break from all the superhero movies, you want to take a break from all of the drama, dramatas, yeah. and you just want to get lost in, uh, and you miss Sex in the City, and you just want to get lost in the world of New York City looking fabulous, you want to get lost in the world of perhaps The Devil Wears Prada, that world, that sphere, you want to get lost in the millennial trials and errors at love and how a woman maneuvers through that, then Younger is actually for you. But I will caution you this. The first season is much different than the second and the third. By the time you get to the third, it is a full-on Sex in the City kind wow. of esque. This, there, the sexual experiences are more intense. The drug use, along with some language. So, if you're a millennial or if you're a teenager and you're kind of like, "Oh, this is fun," just parents just realize that it gets a little more intense as you go through the seasons. But hey, it's only 13 episodes per season. You can catch up before the next episode. There you go. And it is on TV Land as we speak. As the ref said, if you need to go through seasons one, two, and three, Hulu's got you covered. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.